The lesson tonight is, motive, is, is designed to motivate all of us to do better and to be better. Tonight, I want to encourage us all to, to want to do better, to, to want to be better, all for, uh, all for the glory of God. And so tonight, I want to begin the lesson by telling a story, and it's simply an illustration to make a point about how we need to be living our lives and uh, regarding our priorities and how we can give God the glory in every avenue of our life. The, the story begins like this. There was once a man who lived his life. He died and, and after his life he went to heaven. And after he had been there for some time, he asked God if there was somewhere in heaven that uh, stored all the records that showed everything that a person had done while they had lived their life on earth. And so God told him that, yes, there's a place exactly like that. And so the man asked him if there was a book that recorded everything that he had done while living for God. And so God took him to a room. It was this uh, large library and there were many books on the shelves there and so he took one book off of the shelf and it had that man's name written on it and he gave that book to the man and he started looking through the pages and he smiled and, and he was very uh, happy about all the things that he was seeing because that book contained everything that he had done uh, for God. And he was pleased with all of the things that he had done uh, for God. And so he smiled and, and then he closed the book and he gave it back and the book was put back on its uh, place in the shelf. Well, then the father told him that there was another library that he wanted to take him to. And so they went into another room and it too was filled with many books and a book was taken from the shelf and it was double the size of the first book that the man had looked at. It too had the man's name written on it and as he looked at the book, he began to be confused because he knew that he had already seen the book that recorded everything that he had done for God. All of the things that he had accomplished for God's kingdom. And he was confused and so he asked God, well, well what's this book? I'm not quite understanding the point of this. And so he listened as the father talked to him and he said, this is the book of your potential. He, he told the man that this book shows what you could have done if you had used all of your talents that was given to you. You know, that's a sobering illustration, isn't it? To know that, that God has blessed all of us with, with many talents. God has blessed us with, with different talents. As I look across the room tonight, I know that each of us here have been given a, an array of many wonderful talents and, and God desires each of us to use our talents to honor Him and, and to bring Him glory. You know, we find this very idea in Scripture. We find it in a parable that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25 this parable we refer to as the parable of the talents. And so for our lesson tonight, as we study this text, 
I want us to think about our talents. I want us to think about our abilities that God has given us. And I want us to consider something. I want us to consider which one of our books would be bigger if there were such books like the ones from the illustration. Would it be the case that, that one, the book that recorded all of our talents, everything that we did for God, would it be bigger than the book of our potential? Or would our book that was filled with, with potential, would it be filled with opportunity after opportunity that, that we let pass by? The potential that we had, the opportunities that we had, but we never followed through with them. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to, to read a little bit tonight. Matthew chapter 25, beginning there in verse 14. The Bible says there, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. I want to pause here because we can see three points in uh, these two verses. The first thing that we can see is that there is one owner of the goods. There's only one owner of the talents. You see, they don't belong to the servants, but rather they belong to the Lord of the servants. The Bible says that he called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now we keep reading. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And, and I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked 
and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Tonight I want to look at several lessons regarding what we find in this text. And I hope and I pray tonight that what we find in Scripture that we can apply to our lives, again, all for the point of, of us being able to bring glory and honor to God so that we can be pleasing in His sight, so that we can be the children that we need to be of His. Lesson number one tonight, I want to begin by looking at the giver of the goods or the giver of the talents. Point number one, the lesson is simple, is that God owns everything. God owns everything. Friends, something that you and I need to understand is that you and I, we're not the owners of anything. Have you ever really sat down and truly thought about that before? You see, I understand that many of us work and many of us purchase and, and we have things, but really all that we have, it really belongs to God. Yes, we may possess things, but we need to understand that everything belongs to God the Father. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, the Bible says that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And so when we understand that, that helps us to put things into perspective, doesn't it? Because no matter what we gain in this life materially, no matter what we accrue in this life materially, we will not take any of those things with us when our life comes to an end. It just doesn't work that way. Paul explained it this way in Acts 17 and verse 28. He said, for it is in Him, in Him we live and move and have our being. So if we could all understand this one lesson if we could get all of mankind to understand this, friends, our world would be a different place, wouldn't it? You see, if we could get everyone to understand that all that we have, it belongs to God, I would say that we would not have people that are filled with as much pride. We wouldn't have people that are filled with as much arrogance over riches and the accumulation of things. You see, because everybody would understand that the things that I have, they're not mine, but they're from God. Because it is God who has blessed me. It is God who has allowed me to have the things that I have. You see, if everyone truly understood this, I would say that, that priorities would be different. 
I would say that perspectives would be different. Yes, I would say that even lives would be different. You'll notice what Scripture says. The Bible says that he called his own servants and, to, and delivered unto them his goods. I want us to think about that. He takes his goods and he gives them to his servants. Now, there is still one owner of the goods. There's still one owner of the talents. You see, yes, you and I, we have been given riches. We have been given blessings. We've been given talents. We've been given abilities. But even though they are in our possession, they all still belong to God. You see, you and I, we're only managers of all that God has given us. You could say that we are only stewards of all that God has given to us. We could say that we are overseers, if you will, and we have a great responsibility to do one thing, and that is to be a faithful steward of all that God has given to us. You see, we find that very idea in Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. The Bible says, moreover... It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And so what's the point? The point is all that I possess, all that I have, it's not mine. But it belongs to God. And when I use it, when I use these things, I need and you need to be sure that we're using them in a faithful manner before God. We've looked at the giver. But secondly tonight, I want to look at the receivers of those goods. The receivers of those talents. You see, when you're moving on in the text, you see the word servants. The one who received those goods and those talents. It's plural. You see, he called his servants and delivered to them. Now what do we get from that? We see from that that every single servant, all three servants, they received something. You see, there was not one servant who went away empty handed. There was not one servant who, who went away with nothing at all. Every servant received something. But we also see that there is a difference in the number or, or the amount of the talents that was given to, to each of them. The text says that unto one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. And so how does that apply to us today? Well, the point is that all of God's gifts... They are given according to His will. You see, all of God's children will not have the same ability. Not all of God's children will have the same opportunity, but the point is, nobody will be left empty-handed. You see, each of us have the ability, we all have the ability to serve the Lord. Each of us, we are responsible for using the talents that, that has been given to us. You see, some of us may be a one-talent person, and that's fine. We might be a two-talent person, and that's fine. We might be a three or a four or a five-talent person, and that's fine because each of us are different. 
You see, that allows for diversity. That allows for, for more things to be accomplished in, in the kingdom of God. I want you to think about it this way. If all of us had the very same talent, only one thing would be done. If all of us had the very same talent, there would only be one thing to get accomplished. You see, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the fact that all of us have, have different talents. Because that means more can, can be accomplished. You know, we find this idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you'd like to turn there with me tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 12, Paul wrote there, he says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. In verse 14, he says, For the body is not one member, but many. You see, our bodies would not be as effective if they did not have all of its members, right? So when one part of our body does not work correctly, we know that, don't we? You see, it takes all parts. All parts are necessary, and so it goes with the diversity of talents. Friends, we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people that, that may have more talents, or we shouldn't compare ourselves to people that may have different talents, but rather what we should do is rejoice in the fact that we have been given talents, and we should, be, we should use what we've been given for the glory of God. You see, the text tells us that he gave to every man according to his several ability. See, friends, God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows all about us. He knows what each of us can do. He knows what each of us cannot do. He understands us because he made us. God gave me and he gave you exactly what we need according to our abilities. Now, point number three. Let's look at the response. We've seen the giver. We've seen the receivers. Now I want to look at the response of those servants. And I also want to look at how we also should respond. So going back to Matthew chapter 25. We see three different servants mentioned in this text, don't we? And so with those servants come three different actions. The Bible says that the five-talent man, verse 16, then he that had received five talents, he went and traded with the same, and he made them five other talents. You see, so what do we learn from here? Well, from this servant... He understands the meaning of responsibility, doesn't he? You see, he understands that what he has been given by his Lord is to be used for good. It's to be expanded upon. In fact, what this servant did is exactly what we find in Scripture. When you go to Colossians 3 and verse 23, the Bible says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartedly, 
as to the Lord and not unto men. And so many of you here tonight, just like me, we've been taught uh, the importance of having a good work ethic. You've been taught to put 100% into everything, whether it be at your places of work, when, when doing things around your home, whatever it may be. But do we give that very same percentage when it comes to the work of the Lord? Do we, do we work heartedly to the Lord? You see, this servant, he doubled the talents. He doubled the talents that was entrusted to him. Well, why? Well, could it be said that he wanted to, he maybe wanted to please the one that, that gave him the talents? Well, maybe so. But it could also be the case that, that he realized the responsibility that he had been given to be a steward over his master's good. And so tonight, are we like that servant? Are we like the five-talent man? Do we want to please God who has given us our talents and our abilities? Well, what about the second man? What about the two-talent man? Well, the second servant... He was given two talents, the Bible says. But you know, something about this servant is, is that we don't read that this man was upset because he received two talents and the other one received five. We don't see that he complained about not having what somebody else had, but rather we see that he too understood responsibility and he gained another two talents. In fact, also what this servant did is also found in Scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, the Bible says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. You see, brethren, it is our responsibility that no matter what our talents are, that we need to work for God while we're here on earth. You see, that's the commitment that we made when we obeyed the gospel to do as much as we can to help further the kingdom of God. You see, when, when we work and when we labor, we, just like these two servants, we can double our talents and we can accomplish even more for our God. And not that we're accomplishing things out of a boastful attitude, but that we are doing so with humility we are doing so out of love for lost souls and that we're striving to share the gospel, to expand the borders of the kingdom. There is a five-talent man. There is a two-talent man, but we know that there's another servant. We read about him in verse 18. But he that received the one talent, he went and digged in the earth and he hid his Lord's money. You know, when we read this verse, we see from the very first word that there's going to be a difference. Yeah, we read about the five-talent man. We read about the two-talent man. And we know that both of them doubled their Lord's talents. But the Bible says in verse 18, this servant, he did something different, didn't he? The text says he went, he digged in the earth, he, he hid his Lord's money. You know, it's important to remember here that even though the one talent was in this man's possession, he still did not own it. He still didn't own it. And you know, at first glance, some people may think that, that what he did was a good thing. 
You know, because after all, he made sure that the Lord's money was, was protected. Nothing was going to happen to it. Uh, but that's not what he should have done. You see, the point is, is that he never worked to try to gain anything. And he didn't look for ways to try to increase. We could say that he became satisfied with what he had. But you know, his slothfulness, it wasn't caused by, by just having one talent. You see, I, I believe that no doubt if he had been the five-talent man or if he had been the two-talent man, I, I would suppose that his reaction would probably have been the same. But can we be like that when it comes to our service to the Lord? Can, can we get to the point where, where we become complacent and where we become satisfied with where we are instead of working to bring more and more souls to Christ? You see, tonight, are you, am I, are we in the same place that we were five years ago in regards to our service to God? Friends, we need to be careful. We need to have our priorities in, in the right order. You see, it doesn't matter if, if one's an elder or, or a deacon or, or a preacher or a Bible class teacher or, or a member. Friends, not any of us are immune. Not any of us are, are exempt. One preacher put it this way. He said that satisfaction and contentment, they do not constitute faithful service to our Lord. You know, the Bible doesn't say that this one talent man was engaging in outright evil, does he? You see, he didn't waste his talent. He didn't squander his talent. But he didn't handle it with responsibility either. And so which one are you? You see, I ask myself that very same question tonight. Which one am I? You see, am I one who understands my responsibility as a Christian to, to take the gospel to, to a lost and dying world? Are you uh, who through study and searching the scriptures, are you one who sees the urgency of working and laboring in the kingdom of God? You know, if the parable stopped here, you know, so many valuable lessons would be learned. Number one, we've seen that God owns it all. Everything belongs to God and He gives to each of us as He sees fit. Number two, we learn that as servants of God, we each have a choice as to what we will do with our talents. You see, we can go and work and, and we can increase or we could be slothful. We could become satisfied. And so the question again is that we must ask ourselves is which servant are we being? Which servant am I being? But you know, the parable doesn't stop here. We read on in Scripture and we find that there is going to be a day of reckoning. You see, if you recall at the beginning of the parable, we read that this man was traveling to a far country. But he was going to be returning. That's what I want to look at now. Point number four is this day of reckoning. Verse 19, And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. You see, friends, we all know tonight that Jesus will come again and that we too will also have a day of reckoning. 
He tells us that he's going to come again in John 14. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am, there you may be also. Friends, we must understand that, that he's coming again. That's exactly what he promised, and we need to be ready for that. Because all of us will stand. All of us will be judged. And so the question is, is what are we doing with our talents? You see, from the text, we see that, that each servant came before that Lord. They each had to give an answer uh, as to what they had done with what had been entrusted to them. The first two came, and, and they, they told how they had doubled the Lord's talents. They had both understood the task that was before them. They had worked, they had labored, they had gained. And what was the Lord's response? He said, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. And he says, enter into the joy of thy Lord. Friends, there's so many lessons that we can learn just from those two servants. They were willing to work. They were willing to labor. They were productive. And they came to, to the Lord and they were eager to share what they had done. I wonder if we'll be that way on the day of judgment. Will we be eager to stand before God? Will we hear those words, well done? Will we receive that reward of heaven? It's a lot to consider, isn't it? Friends, eternity is in the balance. But then we see that one talent man. We see he comes before the Lord just as those first two did. First two did and he begins to, uh, to explain why he did what he did. Perhaps we could say he was giving an excuse. And he said, Lord, I, I knew thee that, that you are a hard man reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not strawed. And, and I was afraid. And I went and I hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, there thou hast what is thine. You know, I find his reasoning interesting. You know, because he served the same master as the other two did, didn't he? Yet he viewed him differently. His perception of the giver of the talents, it was different from the other two. You see, tonight, all of us can know God's Word. Each of us can read and study what is required for us to, to live faithfully. We can study, we can learn what we need to do to be pleasing to God. And the expectations for all of us, they're, they're the same just as they were in this parable for, for those three servants. Each of us, we have different abilities. We have different talents, but we all have the same task before us. And friends, we have to be careful about perception. The Bible tells us, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33, that God, He's not the author of confusion. And so when you look at verse 25, that one talent man said, he was afraid. This man was afraid. He runs and he digs up that very same talent that had been given to him. 
He presents it to his Lord. He gave him the very same thing that he had been given. And sadly, there are people today who, who are just like him. Who are just like that, that one talent man. They have been given talents. They have been given abilities. But they don't want anything to do with them. They don't want to do anything with their talents and their abilities. They may come and sit on a pew and, and they may put in their time and they may go home and go about their lives without ever putting forth any effort for God. Friends, I want to say tonight that the greatest hindrance to the cause of Christ is for people to sit back and do absolutely nothing. And I hope and I pray that that could never be said about any of us here tonight. You know, because as we keep reading that parable, we see that Lord's response. He said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, wicked and lazy. There's no place in the kingdom for that. And, and you know, this man, he, he didn't hear those same words that the first two servants heard, did he? Instead, he was, he was told what, what he should have done in verse 26. And that Lord told him, he said, Thou oughtest therefore to put the money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I would have received mine own with, with usury, with, with interest. This man was unprofitable. And that Lord was clear. The Lord was clear in what consequences he was going to face. His talent would be removed from him. He'd be cast into outer darkness where there was weeping and, and gnashing of teeth. And so it will be for, for those who, who are unfaithful to God today. And so tonight I want to ask you, which servant are you? Are you the five talent servant? Are you the two talent servant? Are you the one talent servant? You see, because for each of us there are two ends. There's either well done thou good and faithful servant enter into the joy of thy Lord or there's depart from me. Friends, our final reward, it depends upon our faithfulness. Not on our greatness. Not on how much we have, but rather what we do with what has been given to us. And so tonight, if you was to stand at the judgment bar, what would you hear? Maybe tonight you've not obeyed the gospel. Would you come home tonight? Why not obey the gospel this very evening? Maybe you're here and you know what you need to do, but you've not taken that first step. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're not using the talents that, that God has given to you. Friends, you can come home tonight. You can renew your commitment. We want you to go to heaven. God loves you. God wants you to go to heaven tonight. Won't you come? Live your life obedient to Him. Work in His kingdom so that heaven can be your home for all of eternity. Will you come? As together we stand and as we sing.